0: Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover. Accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.Clover.com.
1: Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. (laughs) But when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy, thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliate.
2: Use Clorox products as directed. You ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out, your shade for the championship. fucking yeah. on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut, shut down. Panthers ain't much to touch down. touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. Touchdown. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishing and you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this and I'm a hoot ass. Every day I'm living, I'm a who hoot at. I'm a who Lose or winning, I'm a hoot at. It's the Sports Coma, this is yeah. ah. where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that? that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this and I'm a hoot at. It's the Sports Coma, this is where we do, I'm that? We do that. You're listening to the Sports Coma yeah. with the Big Q and the guys <laughs> on the TRO Media Network.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. What's poppin', fam? We in this thing. Shout out to the Black and Gold Nation, representing the Coma Man on this episode of the show. Early Friday morning stream. Shout out to the family. Hope you guys having a fantastic start of your day. We in here, and of course, I'm going to return Later on to the day, I'm hoping to kind of do a little show later on, depending on how my schedule looks later on the day. But if not, tomorrow's looking pretty busy. LSU, Alabama, uh, Pelicans play as well. So it's going to be a pretty busy day. So we'll see how it all folds. But shout out to the fam. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And by all means, feel free to share the show on your social media feed, man. We up in this thing. And listen, fam, it's looking interesting, man, for the Saints Week nine injury updates and team news, and it was a pretty interesting, lively day—semi-lively day for the Saints. We had several interviews. We're going to cover uh, one particular interview by Pete Carmichael. Get his thoughts. Got several articles we're going to delve into. The Thursday injury report—we're going to cover that later on today. The Friday injury report. Shout out to the uh Neil Carpenter is really, Niles Carpenter really putting in a lot of good work there. Please feel free to share his articles, man. And in this one, he's saying Saints briefing week nine injury and updates. Of course, we see Jalen Smith there, and we'll cover that momentarily. Saints gear up for week nine confrontation against the Bears. The team's injury report has become a focal point for the strategists and fans alike. Thursday report has revealed concerns that the Saints coaching staff will need to address if they are maintained to maintain a competitive edge on the grid on gridiron. Now, eight Saints players listed on injury report. And detail, rundown Thursday practice, Saints listed eight players. And let's delve into those eight players listed on injury report. Linebacker Ty Summers, concussion, hamstring, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Wide receivers, Lynn Bowden Jr. had an illness. He was limited today. Wide receiver Michael Thomas fully practiced, which is good news for Mike uh, and us as well. Uh, Offensive lineman Andrews Pete had an ankle. He fully practiced today. That's a positive. Taysom Hill was dealing with a hip issue last week. It was a chest issue. Uh, He was limited in action. James Hurst is back out there in limited action with an ankle. Demario Davis is also limited with a knee issue. And Malcolm Roach had an illness. He did not play Thursday. And we'll see how he looks into the final injury report as well. So the Bears situation, guard Nate Davis did not play. He was DMP. We know about Justin Fields, right? Thumb was DMP, Terrell Smith. the cornerback was DMP with illness concussion by uh, Jaquan Brisker Uh, DMP Tremaine Edmonds the linebacker was DMPed Braxton Jones the offensive lineman was limited Uh, Lucas Patrick another offensive lineman fully practiced from a back issue Eddie Jackson the safety fully practiced Mercedes Lewis the tight end DMP and offensive lineman Larry Borum who was DMPed he was dealing with not injury related but personal issues so And that's some of it. Now, in terms of Jalen Smith, his departure to the Raiders. Amidst the injury updates, the Saints roster has experienced a shakeup with the linebacker Jalen Smith departing to the Raiders after being signed off the Saints practice squad. Now, Smith was a once-heralded prospect from Notre Dame who suffered a knee injury that seen his stock fall eventually made his mark in the NFL with the Cowboys highlighted by a Pro Bowl appearance in 2019. Despite his Pro Bowl congr- credentials, Dennis Allen expressed that Smith's role on the team was not cemented, leading to his eventual signing with the Raiders. Smith's departure underscores the often tumultuous journey of NFL careers, where past accolades offer no guarantees of future success. So Jalen Smith no longer on the team. Uh was picked and pilfered off of the Saints. Um, Practice squad uh, by the Raiders. And the reason being is because this man and the GM was fired. So let's talk about this article put a, put up by Yard Barker. Saints Derek Carr reacts to Raiders firing Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Saints quarterback Derek Carr reacted Wednesday to the Raiders and his former employee firing both head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler following Tuesday's tread deadline. I've been through it and this is business so tough that we forget the human side of things, Carl told reporters during the news conference. Per Grant Gordon of the NFL's website. So my heart is for Josh, is is for Josh and Dave or my friends over there dealing with another change. That's I count I lost count of how many coaches it was for me at that point. There's another change for those guys to go through, a new scheme to learn, new philosophy that doesn't make it easy as a player. But at the end of the day, nobody cares. You keep it pushing. That McDaniels and Zegler joined the Raiders back in 21 and the coach bench car late last December for the organization parted ways with the signal caller this past February car ultimately signed with the Saints to later reveal he knew he couldn't stay with the Raiders once they made my wife cry despite the third two year old offer no harsh words for either McDaniels or Zegler. It says car Saints have endured somewhat of a roller coaster first season. You you want to <laughs> you ain't lying working together and heading to the weekend at four and 4 the Saints next host, the two and six Bears this coming Sunday. So at the end of the day, it's a business car added. They know that and they'll be fine. Move on. They'll have jobs in the leagues for sure. According to the ESPN stats, car began Thursday, ranked 17th in the NFL among qualified players with a 50.0 adjusted QBR at 18th with an 87.6 passer rating on the campaign. He tossed eight touchdowns against four picks in New Orleans' first eight games. Nothing spectacular, but we also realized that Josh McDaniels canned the hell out of Derek Carr last year, benched him, upset him, Uh, and we said this about Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels had two failed stints. He was with Denver. He failed there. He was with the Raiders. He failed there. And he ultimately ended up running back to Bill Belichick to be with New England. Ultimately, Bill Belichick leaves and retires. Josh McDaniels, more than likely, if he's still there, will take over the Patriots. So he'll just go back to Belichick. That's what he ended up doing. So the Raiders continue a pitfall going down and down. And it happened after they didn't make any trades. So the owner kind of said, you know what? This team is not improving. I don't like where we're going. You didn't make any trades. because Perhaps if he would have made a trade, he probably would still be there. The Saints was a team that was looking at Hunter Renfro. That didn't work. And I was, and I said in the previous stream, I, I wonder how that would have worked to have to have Hunter Renfro here, and you have uh Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas. How would that have worked out? You know, so anyway, uh that didn't happen. And what did happen is Josh McDaniels got canned, and rightfully so, because he stinks as a head coach and the general manager, whoever the guy was, uh a general manager didn't do swell either and this is a results driven business at the end of the day they got paid they did not perform and they put them in the street so somebody else will have to take it over for them and the car took the high side which is a positive anyway let's jump to the next one with us losing Jalen smith to the raiders who had new administration move in they looked at the saints practice squad say hey man we can use this guy as a starter the saints said sure you can have him But the Saints didn't stop there. They went out and they had to find somebody else to put on that practice squad. And the Saints inked linebacker Corey Littleton. Now, if you remember Corey Littleton, the name should sound familiar to you because he's been around the block a couple of times. Saints further fortified the linebacker depth with the addition of Corey Littleton to the practice squad, according to Aaron Wilson. The strategic move follows Littleton's secret release, a recent release from the Houston Texans, where he briefly contributed on special teams acquisition of Littleton provides the Saints with an experienced player, player eager to reestablish himself with the league and possibly contribute to the team's defensive strategy as the season unfolds. As season professional, Littleton's career arc has been one of the undulating fortunes Since he entered the league as an undrafted free agent back in 2016, he carved out a significant role for himself with the Rams where he peaked as the leading tackler in a memorable 2018 NFC championship game. And at this time with the Rams Littleton went on to stints with the Raiders Carolina amassing substantial experience as 542 tackles, nine and a half sacks, six picks, and in a total of 110 games, the Saints signing of Littleton may be, well, savvy tactical plays, familiarity with the Saints' playstyle, having to face them in week six as the Texan will serve him as it uh, yes, he acclim- acclimates to the team's defensive playbook. So we'll see how it all looks going forward. But his track record of solid performance and versatility, Littleton stands ready to enhance the Saints' special team's defensive depth, perhaps once again be a pivotal player as he's been in past seasons. So they're signing him on to the practice squad. So Corey Littleton, another NFL veteran, Things Saints bring in to kind of help fortify the rankings or the ranks. Now, of course, you guys know that Demario Davis is dealing with a knee issue. uh, which being showed that it's it's not one that will knock him out of the game that he could play with the knee issue. But having a veteran like Corey Littleton after losing Jalen Smith does help the, who that nation breathe a little easier, even though the fact that we really wanted Jalen Smith to remain here. But ultimately, for him to do that, somebody would have to have been adjusted. And the Saints feel comfortable with what they're doing right now. So hence, they're allowing Jalen Smith out. And remember, this is similar to what happened uh, a couple of years ago with Eric Wilson. Same thing happened with Eric Wilson. Solid linebacker in preseason, came in as a veteran, perfect fit for the Saints defense. He was not protected. He was allowed to be palefooted off the practice squad because the Saints favored Zach Bowen. Same thing, history repeating itself with Jalen Smith. Same thing happened again. Saints favor Bowen over a Jalen Smith or a Eric Wilson. It's just what it is, right? But truth be told to Zach Bowen, Zach Bowen has a, what, a sack and a half of this year. So Zach Bowen doing a few positive things. He had the interception, then the fumble back, but he's been doing some pretty decent special teams work, and the Saints are pleased with, I guess, for what they're doing for him right now. But they perf- they prefer uh, him over and Eric Wilson or Jalen Smith. So that's very curious. But the Saints do put a linebacker back on a team by the name of Corey Littleton to help out there. He's not on the active roster, but the Saints signed him to be strictly a person that will participate on the practice squad. And if they need to call him up, they sure will do it. Now, with that being said, let's take a look at the Saints practice squad currently. These are some of the guys that's on the practice squad Abram Smith, Ryan Connerly, Cameron Dansler Sr., Cameron Irvin. Mark Evans II, Jack Heflin, Fayon Hicks, Tommy Hudson, Michael Jacobson, John Trey Kirkland, Tommy Kramer, Nico Lallos, Jordan Mims, Anthony Orgy, and, of course, Jalen Smith's gone. He's no longer here, and you'll see Corey Littleton take this slot and Daniel Sorensen's there. So that's the practice squad the Saints currently have, according to their website.
1: Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceAndLights.com. That's CameronIceAndLights.com.
3: So anyway, let's keep it pushing, man. We're going to move on to a few things from Twitter that I came across my feed. This is one of the things that i seen, which, which is worth a note. This is from PFF. They mentioned ball hawks. If you can take a look at this list of so these four players, you'll see something very interesting. PFF, most interceptions and forced incompletions this season. Darius Williams has 14 of those said things. Darian Bland, 10 for the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Benjamin St. Just has 10. And, of course, Paulson Adebo. There you go, Paulson Adebo right there. It's tied second with those guys in terms of most interceptions and forcing completions. So how about that with Paulson Adebo leading the Saints with picks? I think he has two for the Saints, so not a bad move. And, of course, people talked a lot about Paulson Adebo and about Alante Taylor taking his position. And Adebo heard a lot of that. And people forgot Paulson Adebo, how good he was coming out in his freshman year. He went through a sophomore slump. People forget that sometimes that that is a, I guess you could say that is a consistent and traditional thing that these players go through. There is such a thing as a sophomore slump and not everyone, but the majority of players in football, basketball, whatever it, it happens, you know, it's the, it's that second year acclamation as you make, if you continue to work on your craft and you get to the, to the the third level, and then when you get to that third year, things smooth out for you, but getting through that sophomore slump, we've seen that happen with people before it happened to Paulson and Debo last year. Hell, it's happening to uh, you see Alante Taylor having a little bit of it this year. You know, you see um, uh, 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 um, uh, Alave go through it. You've seen Alave having some issues. I'm not uh, Alante Taylor, I'm sorry, but I was thinking of Chris Olave. You've seen Chris Olave going through it. So and he is still leading the team and catches, you know, so but still in all, you see he's still adjusting and going through it. And this is a part of the game. But shout out to Paulson Adebo, man, shutting down the haters that was talking mess about. him. And this is also another tweet uh, from Aaron Summers uh, via Twitter. Saints uh, Rashid Shaheed has nine hundred and eighty eight all purpose yards in twenty twenty three, which is ranked second in the NFL. How about that? 12 all-purpose yards Sunday. He would reach a thousand at the halfway point of the season. So that's pretty damn good for Rashid Shahid, NFL leader. Almost 21 yards per catch and 6.2 point per return. So this is a very fantastic thing to talk about uh, with our kick return and punt return. He had he had a, a touchdown this year. And I'm pretty sure he'll probably end up getting a, another touchdown somewhere down the line. We just got to block better for him. So a few things right there. All right. And ultimately let's move on fam. Let's get into our final portion of the show. I'm not going to hold you guys too long. Here's Pete Carmichael uh, from today's broadcast or yesterday, rather broadcast Thursday broadcast about him talking about the saints offense. You know, once a week we'll get Pete Carmichael starts and we want to kind of stay focused on what Pete Carmichael got going on because the reality is the saints offense did do much better in this game. And it, they did. They they took our advice. They really did, because we often talked about the Saints needing to take the ball out of the hands, take the ball completely—not completely, but taking the ball out of the hands of a guy of Carr in the last matchup. Remember, toward the back end of the game, he did throw the touchdown to Rashid Shaheed in the game, but Taysom Hill was the guy that was really making it work. They took, they set Carr on the sideline, put Taysom Hill in there, and Taysom Hill was able to do some fantastic things in there. So Saints understanding now, finally, that you want to take pressure off the quarterback, use the running attack. That is the way to win right now until said quarterback ultimately catches up uh, with what he needs to do. But let's hear what Pete Carmichael had to say, family. Y'all put one in the chat.
4: Okay. Okay.
5: Is there anything particular about Tyson's skill set that makes him really good in those goal line, short yard situations beyond just being
4: big and fast? Well, I think there's a, a, a level of physicality, too, that he brings where, uh, you know, sometimes there's going to be one unblocked guy and his ability a, either to make him miss or kind of run through the tackle uh, is something that makes it uh, even that much better.
5: You do see some, like, bigger guys, like like in the hard cable do that you've had. So, like, I guess uh, how hard is that to find, like, a guy who can't, like, always
4: run Yeah, I think there's a uh, – you know, obviously he's rare. We love having him in the game. Well, when he gets those opportunities to do that, you saw him, uh, you know, make a couple guys missed in the open field as well this past week. So, I think that uh time we get that opportunity, he's obviously a guy that when he can uh, have the ball in his hands, there's an opportunity for a big play. Um, like, there's,
5: like, a stat out there. It's, like, you know, like 17-1 when he gets – Senate carries in the game. You think that's just because, like the way like those games
4: go, that he gets more. I think sometimes when you're converting on third down, you're getting more plays, you're extending drives. There's more opportunities. I think sometimes uh, there's also games where maybe uh, the defense might be dictating exactly. Like maybe there's times where it is might be a call for him and he's getting us out of the play or he's handing the ball off or things. I mean, you know, to he's reading an end or something. But uh, again, I think that obviously that stats out there. I think anytime he has an opportunity to carry the ball you feel pretty good about what's going to happen. You
3: know, how, much my, how does Mike Thomas's presence affect the offense? How does it influence what you, are, what you guys are
4: able to do? Well, I think this. I think that Mike's. You know, Mike Thomas, you have an opportunity to throw the ball to him one-on-one. I think that uh, you're confident that he's the guy that's going to come down with the ball. I think that he's been a great uh, leader for that room, and I think on the sidelines on game day, he's been great, been positive. And I think that, uh, you know, that – wears on the other players in a, in a great way that, you know, there's energy, there's excitement. So I think that, um, again, we're glad we got him and feel confident anytime the ball has a chance to be in his hands. Hey, why do
5: you think the offensive line play has improved so much over the past two weeks? Yeah, I think, uh,
4: Doug and Kevin have done a great job with those guys. I think, uh, just, uh, more time they get together. I know we've had to mix up a few lineups, uh, here and there, but I think that, uh, uh, you know, they've been playing well, uh, particularly the last few games. And I think that they're all on the same page. They're playing well as a unit, I think. And I think Eric's doing a great job with the communication and getting everybody on the same page. You know, goal line,
5: how did you guys land on Saunders being that fullback role? I know you guys had an injury,
4: but- Yeah, I think it's, it started with the injury and then kind of discussion among the coaching staff to include the defensive coaches. Hey, let's, let's kind of think about it. Who do we have on the team that we feel? Um. Maybe he can fill that role, and there was you know a few names thrown out, but he's done he's done a good job for us, and uh, uh, we're very confident, you know, for that role for him. There's
5: like jumbo
4: packages, but if you look at kind of what you do with Jason being in there, especially like it, it's the the size of it. What does that kind of bring to uh, you guys just having a, a line that big, and can it kind of counteract maybe defenses play? I think this. I think give you, well, it give well gives you a uh, numbers of. You know, they're going to try to maybe outnumber you a little bit, I think, but there's always maybe going to be one extra, uh, because obviously you got the guy carrying the ball. But I think that, uh, it brings a physical pres- presence with all those guys, and that also fits how we see Taysom being a physical runner again. You can still make some guys miss in the open field, but I think that that package is particular to hey, it's going to be a physical battle, and and let's go win it up front. For
5: that.
4: Uh, I wouldn't say, I know, I, I think it was. I don't know maybe you know guys on the team they, he's obviously a, uh, a guy that everybody loves fired up when he gets his chances to get out there i don't know there's probably a few guys that would love to be in that role but again i think he's done a good job and he's uh he's earned it to keep doing it
3: that's interesting because we talked about that now when adam prentice went out and adam prentice wasn't doing the stuff i mean my goodness uh Colin Sanders has done a wonderful job as a fullback <laughs> in the goal line package for him. I mean, if we can only find a guy that can do that for real, you know, Adam Prentice is not a guy that will knock your socks off. I mean, he gets in there and he'll throw a block or two, but nothing clearing out or punching out lanes like a Colin Sanders doing. perhaps the Saints need to find that. Perhaps if the Saints are going to run, uh, something like that and more traditional, see if they could find another fullback. It's been a couple of uh, games since Adam Prentice went on the injury list. That was kind of why it kind of, you know, even though we don't use Saunders except for on the goal line, but what about between, you know, you know, with the rest of the yardage when we need to use a fullback to kind of help lead block for an Elvin Kamara, or Jamal Williams, or a Kendra Miller, to kind of help punch a hole open, so those guys can get to the second level of the defense. So why didn't why didn't we go out and see if we can find somebody? We didn't really do that. What they did do is they put JP, what's his name on, uh, uh, what's his name? Forgot the man name, but the tight end they called him up from the roster and brought him into the uh, to the team. And my my thing was was why didn't Saints just go out and find another guy? while uh while Adam Prentice is sitting out banged up you know and you know that, that's one of the things that I was thinking about you know why didn't they just go out and execute you find somebody to do it for you you know but um I do like the Colin Saunders play and which how he does it when he gets out there and, and helps do that on the goal line but like I said I kind of thought that the team would use uh you know, find another fullback or somebody that can do it for you, or perhaps a tight end that can double as a fullback that can kind of help do that. So I was looking forward to seeing that happen, but the Colin Saunders player love that. That was a bit of good innovation by the saints doing some pretty clever things.
4: Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think there's a, a lot of the old wyman beg for it too, but uh, uh, you know, I think that obviously the role that he's doing for us, we're, we're happy with.
3: I can't remember if anyone's asked you about the tush push before Pete, Car- Pete Carmichael laughed kinda out of character, you know we don't see him often laugh like that, but he's always a reserved kind of conservative personality, but he laughed at that, but I'm telling you that's on the way he's if he's blocking sooner or later, they're gonna give Big Colin Sanders the ball so he can run in there and get a touchdown. so be watching out for that against the Chicago Bears What before,
5: but uh, I thought it would because I compared to taste him to to that. What do you do when you see something like that that's so effective? Have you guys tried it in practice
4: uh, and why, why is it harder for other teams? Oh, uh, I, I think it's a combination when you when you study them and how they do it. I mean, obviously, they do a great job with their front. They stay low. Well, they get off the ball. Obviously, the quarterback's great at it as well. I think that um, I'm sure everybody has studied it, and some teams I think have tried to incorporate it throughout the season as you're watching it. Obviously, uh, Philly obviously has them a ton of success with it, so they should keep doing it. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you know, when we talk about it and, uh, you know, some people might say, oh, it's a great role for maybe Taysom to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes in the middle of the game, do you want him to go in and take a snap under center that you have, he hasn't taken one all so, uh, but it's been discussed. It's, you know, something we've practiced in the past in training camp this past season, but, uh, uh, obviously Philly's had a ton of success with it. And I think they do a great job as well. They're well coached with how they do it. And the offensive lineman come off the ball and I think the quarterback's Strong physical that pushes the pocket. You,
5: the way you guys used to have the where it's like his QB sneak was something like twenty nine out of thirty or something. Yeah, and, was,
4: and right? I know when he would get down on the goal line, he was you know up and over. But uh, I think that uh, you know he, finding the holes for for Drew was he did a great job with that.
5: Um, when you have a player, the concept of like Chris Olave had that missed out on the big play when it bounced off of him. I know Derek went back on the very next play. I think. He, I think he went back to him. He did. On uh, the first one of the next series, too. Um, are there moments in a game where you're like, as a play caller, you decide, I want to get that guy's head right back in the game. I want to go right back to him.
4: Yeah, I think there was, hey, let's, let's, let's get him going. But I think uh, um, really two different calls. One was uh, second down, and then really the third down call just happened to be, hey, we got the coverage that the ball went there. Um, and then, you know, as you're talking about the next call, it was obvious, hey, let's – let's get him going and, and, you know, find a completion, maybe not necessarily downfield, but just, uh, but again, I think that uh, the fact that there was a sequence there for second and third down, it wasn't, I mean, at was just talk on the sidewalk and say, let's, let's, uh, you know, find a completion or whatever it is, but there's discussions about uh, any time in a game to get it, uh, get it going, I think. But uh, again, on the second and third down, it was just the second down call was designed for him. And then the third down could have been specific to coverage.
5: With Chris in particular, I mean, he said the other day he feels like he's one big game away. I mean, how much does that weigh in you when you have a player that that you know you just kind of want to unlock that that you're looking for the right play, the right series, the right game that that does do that.
4: Yeah, I think that uh, obviously, I think that I have all the confidence in the world that if his numbers called that the ball, he's going to come down with the ball. I think it's just a matter of just again continue and give them, give them those opportunities. And I think that, uh, uh,
1: Price picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars just visit prize slash play 100 and use code play 100 that's code play 100 at prize slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy
4: you know, those that one game is going to come where it's it's his numbers are you know ridiculous but i think again it's just you know it's one game at a time we got to get uh, get it going, and so I think that's uh, part of us as coaches, making sure he has those opportunities. Last year, we saw this team as a team, but also on the offensive side, kind of ride a little bit of the roller
5: coaster, right? Like the win and followed by a couple of losses, things like that. What about the win in Indianapolis this past weekend gives you all confidence that it's you're at the sustained
4: success that you found towards the end of last season? Yeah, right. I think I think again, it's one game, um, and again, we got to. We got to find a way offensively to put more than just one game together. It can't be up and down like you're saying. I think that there's always been a lot of confidence with this group. I think uh, we feel good about the personnel, and I think uh, we feel good about the game plan that we're putting together. We have a great relationship with the players, and I think that uh, uh, you know just the the, the talk of hey guys, it's time to we can't just have one game and then come. We got to we got to find a way to start stringing some of these together.
3: Yeah, and that's important, man, that Pete Carmichael and the reporters are doing a good job to kind of fixating on the fact that the Saints need to be more consistent. That's what it boils down to because um, having these outings where you were able to put up a really decent offensive production uh, against the Indianapolis Colts was was missing a few pieces there, the quarterback, and they made it very interesting, but the Saints kind of let them stay in the game by not being fundamental and making sure they – contain the quarterback and not allow him to create an ad-lib on plays. Outside of that, that's the big question. Saints were able to get a win, a positive win there to get back to 500. But can they put wins together? Next two teams that they do face are teams that are struggling uh, to have backup quarterbacks that will be there. So it's an advantage in terms of them not having their starters there. And the Saints could take advantage of the fact that those teams are missing key players. And it's, it's 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 a shame for those a family basis, supporter basis, but it is the it it's so it is what it is in the NFL. Saints have an opportunity to kind of win two more games, to win three straight, hitting into the bye, and uh, you know once they come out to bye against Atlanta. But just looking at the Chicago game, um, the Saints have to be, you know, they have to be looking at this game and saying, man, uh, this game is a game that's catered to us. It'll be in the dome should be able to beat the Chicago Bears team they're not very good they do they did have they brought Montez sweat in and they do have some players there but a total uh, complete team this is not this team struggles there's a team that's missing a starting quarterback they're not exactly uh, a world beating team they're up and down and mostly down but in the end the Saints should beat this team it should be a uh, a blowout performance. I'm saying the Saints should be beating this team. In the end, the, the lead it should be like 31 to 17, or 31 to 14, or 31 to 10. It should be 30 something like that. It should be like 34-10. Saints, 31-34-10. Saints, or 31-34-13 or something like that. 31-34, either 34-13, 31-14, or you know, a 31-31-10. 31-13, something in that range. You see what I'm saying? The Saints should be able to beat this team. Now I'm not overlooking them by mind you, because I'm more my fixation, and I'll play the defensive coordinator Joe Woods momentarily because I'm more I'm looking at the offense. And the questions I have is, can this offense reproduce the success that they did? It took them a couple of games before they were able to do some of the positive stuff that you've seen in the New England Patriot matchup. And the things we're able to do, and some of the positive things uh, from the losses that they added into the game plan, where they were kind of got desperate and had to say, "Man, we got to do this. We got to put this in here." So, do they stick to the run against the Bears to set up the pass? Do they keep implementing the Taysom Hill? And we know Taysom's banged up. He have a uh, I think it was a hip issue this week, last week, week it's a chest issue, so he's getting beat up pretty good. So. You know, what do the Saints, how did they handle that? Did they kind of dial back on Taysom? He's getting beat up a little bit. You see what I'm saying? How do they then deal with that? Now, the Saints still have a three-head running back monster approach that they could use. Be good to see them use or find another fullback to mix in with a night. You know, when you bring big Nate Saunders, I mean, uh, Shepard, I mean, Kaelin Saunders, sorry. Uh, to the goal line package to punch in a touchdown it would be it would be pretty good if the Saints would find somebody that can play fullback. of uh, I don't know why they didn't go and find another guy when they the other guy got hurt, a real fullback that can go in there and help them between the twenties. But in the end, man, we'll see how it all shakes. But we'll cover the defensive questions momentarily.
4: I mean, last year that you hit the the three game win streak towards the end of the year that almost that almost got you where mm-hmm. you wanted to go. How important is it to maybe find that success? here now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's time. I think it's been too long. You know, that we uh, we haven't been able to cons- be consistent enough uh you know game after game after game. But I think that uh obviously we've got a big challenge this week with the defense that we're seeing. But again it's it's important for us to you know just not let it be an up and down roller coaster. What's
5: that about the
4: Bears defense? Oh uh, I think this I think that when you look at them they're stout against the run. I think their linebackers tackle well when you look back at the back end uh, there's a lot of ball production uh, from that group. I think they're physical, they're tough, they compete, and obviously they got a uh, a good addition this week. That's uh, an impact player. That's disruptive. You guys
5: were so much more successful in the red zone. Do you think you you some things from taking a hard, long look at it, or just?
4: Uh, I don't know. I think that uh, you know, just things worked out, and uh, you know, we. Um, Players made some big time plays, and again, you you know you look at some of them, and maybe uh, uh, you know maybe not necessarily maybe the best call or what, but the players found a way to execute and, and make plays. Um, and
5: a lot more reliance on the run game was that by design that, that that you saw you could do more of that or?
4: Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's always been kind of a point of emphasis. Hey, for us to have success in the red zone, we got to be able to run it. Um, and so I think, but really, the way that game flowed. When you're you know our third down was better, we still felt like we uh, could have been better than it was. But I think when you when you're continuing continuing to sustain some drives, it gives you an opportunity to call call some more plays and and uh, some more runs, particularly.
3: All right, so that's Pete Carmichael. A lot of this interview and the one last week were a lot better than the previous ones. So you get a little bit more comfortable asking questions, being a little bit more specific in his topics being a little bit more descriptive of what he sees and how he sees it as opposed to throwing out these platitudes that we hear often. So, I mean, the offense, the biggest concern I have about the Saints' offense is can they reproduce the success that they have from the prior matchup? They didn't do it in the New England game and then and ultimately led in the two-game losing streak. Uh, the Saints come back, they break the streak with a win against the Colts really, truly, they should be able to beat the Bears. The Bears do have some real good pieces on offense and defense, but they are not a complete team. They are struggling. And this is one of the teams when they come into your building, they're wounded. You got to beat the hell out of them. Stump on them and get them on the pot of here. You know, you don't play with them, you know, because this is a desperate team. Desperate teams do all kinds of stuff. They, you know, they know they, you know, they're dealing with issues. So they're going to throw whatever they got at you. So it won't be an easy game. But at the end, Saints got to step on them. They got to take their will from them and dominate them. This is one of the games where you would like to see the Saints as a complete team show killer instinct like they did in the New England Patriot game. This is something that we need to see in week nine of the NFL season. The Saints can't play around with this team. They got to get them up out of here. So it'll be interesting. And the question, the biggest question I have on offense is can the Saints stick to what works? They didn't do it after the New England game. Do they stick with what works? And, of course, you heard Carmichael, which was telling toward the back end of his conversation there when he mentioned how the game flowed and they felt like they could run the ball and do what they do against the Indianapolis Colts. Will that be the same temperament that he has against the Chicago Bears? So we'll see how it all shifts and goes moving forward, family. (laughs) We'll see how it all shifts and goes, but it'll be interesting, man. That's the main... uh, Thing that I have for the Saints offense is to figure out can they consistently do what works that means doing what works and we'll do a Chicago Bears Saints versus Bears preview Friday but would it be I mean later on today so would it be interesting to find out if the Saints can still stick to the keys of victory we'll go over it in the uh, Friday afternoon stream uh, we'll look at the Bears take a look at the Bears and we'll go from there but can they stick to the running attack that's the biggest thing the Saints are it appears that they'll get um, Hurst back in this matchup that help the running attack. We'll see. But ultimately, can the Saints continue to run the ball? That's what it comes down to. Can they continue to run the ball? Can they get the pass going off the back of the run, keeping the turnovers down car, getting the ball out fast. So we'll see how it all looks going. But that's the big question in terms of the Saints offense is can they stick to that? Can they keep the keep the what's positive working so they can keep the wins coming all right, now let's transition over to the defense. Now, we knew yesterday last week the Saints defense gave up plays it shouldn't have given up, which was the biggest really frustrating thing about the game is that throughout this season, in many of the games, the Saints are allowing these middle-of-the-pack or mediocre back 20 quarterbacks between 20 and 30 second-ranked quarterbacks to scramble around and make things difficult. Baker Mayfield had his best game against the Saints Best game in the NFL in a while against the Saints, who we were scrambling around in there throwing passes. They made them look like Joe Montana and they made them look like Vince Young, Steve Young. And it was just ridiculous. All because the Saints continue to have problems containing the pocket. And they, and they have zero uh, gap discipline. And it kept happening in the Indianapolis Colts game with Gardner Minshew running around in there and allowing him to leak out and create plays. It kept happening play after play after play. It was so frustrating because the Saints' defense can't blame it on rest. They would just totally allow these teams to stay in the game. It was really frustrating. We should have blew them out. But the Saints' defense have to do a better job of that. That is a key concern of mine now that's very present when you see a guy like a Gardner Minshew or a Baker Mayfield or, you know, move around in the pocket like they are Joe Montana or Tom Brady or something or, you know, whatever. Just allowed to stand there and make plays. And then when the, the 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 damn defensive line splits like the Red Sea, and there's a giant piece of green real estate, the guy just running all over the field, creating plays, extending plays, and keeping them on the field, tiring them out. Can't do that, man. We got to do a better job of maintaining gap discipline, meaning that we be able if we're going to rush the passer, but we we perform it in a way where you know what you're supposed to do. You maintain integrity while you rushing the quarterback. You do not allow giant, massive gaps to open up so guys can take off on you. So anyway, let's see what Joe Woods had to say about some of the things about his defense. We got to clean a lot of that up, but here's Joe Woods.
5: What, uh, you got a lot of Jordan Allen snaps to to grade this week. Uh, How far has he come since his first start, and uh, what what can he still do better?
6: Yeah, I thought he played really well for us. Um, He was around the ball you know, had a lot of good production. And for him, his strength is versatility, you know, so he can play both high safety positions. He can play the dime, buck. We can play him a nickel if we need to. Um, But I feel like he's more comfortable. I talk to him on the sideline all the time. You know, he comes up and asks me uh, different questions. But he's definitely feeling more comfortable, not trying to make perfect plays or play perfectly. So he's definitely getting more comfortable, and um, I think – that he has a really uh, bright future for us.
5: And you not about a family, I guess, but what kind of challenges are there? Is
6: that? Is that right? Um, I mean, you have to go off of what you see on tape. Um, when you watch him, you feel like he has, you know, control of the offense. Um, you can see him going through the progressions, uh, you know, making some checks at the line of scrimmage, so he definitely understands it. Um, he has a good arm. You can see him throw the ball down the field. Um, He's very mobile in the pocket, uh, very quick. So, you know, he keeps plays alive. But I think he's doing a good job, just uh, from what I've seen so far on tape.
5: It seems like this year there's been a lot of quarterbacks that you're getting to without a ton of tape on them. Is that something we you to be a little more, I don't know, forward thinking and like, okay, this is what we think they're going to do as opposed to what you've actually
6: Yeah, you really go off of what's on tape. You know, sometimes you can look back and just, you know, look at some – You know, maybe plays they play in the preseason, things of that nature. But basically, once teams get in the season, you know, they're going to run their system. So you really kind of coach what you see and then you adjust on the sideline to anything else. They may game plan for you.
3: That's a great question by the reporter to ask about limited film on this quarterback. Joe Woods talked about him being mobile. That is a problem for the Saints defense. Mobile quarterbacks give Saints defense a problem. And I don't know if I can call a Gardner Minshew or a Baker Mayfield mobile, but the Saints defense definitely turned them into mobile and make it real simple for them because when you see all that real estate in front of you, you might as well run. And there's 10-yard cushion between you and the guy in front of you.
1: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for
3: free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, so we have to, we'll see how that all works and goes, but it's a bit of a danger dealing with an unknown quantity. And like Joe said, that you know you see what these guys do, and then you make adjustments and stop them. And the Saints, for the most part, defensively speaking, they've done a pretty decent job of that this year. Joe, what's
5: just your general review of the pass rush so far this year?
6: It's good. I mean, we we do different things defensively. Uh, we want to be multiple. Um, what we do up front, we want to be multiple with our coverage uh, package whether it's zone man or pressure. So there's different things um, that we're doing. Uh, sometimes if we're in a three-man rush and the quarterback scrambles, we understand that. Uh, other times we bring pressure, we expect to affect the quarterback. Uh, this year has been a, a mix of a little bit of everything, and we've played some more athletic quarterbacks that were able to extend plays, you know, because of their ability. So it's something we talk about, something that we plan, you know, each week just to have different things to try to keep the quarterback in the pocket.
0: Is the sack number maybe, I don't
6: know, 15? Is is that indicative of anything? Uh, No, I mean, you always want that number to be high, but I think it's about how you pressure the quarterback. You know, maybe it's not the sack number compared to other teams, you know, in the NFL at this point, but it's how many times you get the quarterback off the spot, how many times you hit the quarterback. And I do feel like we're doing a good job in that
3: department. Do you guys agree with that? I love Joe Woods. He's such, such a cool dude. But do you guys in Who That Nation agree with that? Do you agree with the fact that the Saints are hitting the quarterback? They're getting to the quarterback a lot this year. Are you agreeing with that? I know Carl Granderson has five and a half sacks. Cam has one. I think uh, Zach Boyne has a sack and a half. But are you you think the Saints are doing a good job of ruffling the feathers, so to speak, of opposing quarterbacks? How do you guys feel about that? How do you feel? After all, we are four and four. Um, the Jordan Love game was ridiculous. We didn't get to him nearly enough. That ultimately put 18 points to win the game. The Baker Mayfield thing, we didn't one sack maybe, and that was after he got rolling. The Gardner Minshew, even though that was a win, he scrambled around and made it a headache of sorts and more dramatic than what it was supposed to be. So, and you know. Really, the only game I seen where it was a, a shutdown game was Matt, Matt Jones, and he was so bad in the matchup when he just blanked them. But in the end, we've seen a lot of that stuff going on. But do you guys agree with Coach Joe about uh, the defensive line? That there, he feels comfortable about the amount of knockdowns or whatever that they're giving to him. Y'all, y'all, let me know how y'all feel about that. Here we go. With a good
1: perspective of this, how hard is it to add somebody to a defense midway through the season? Whether it be a defensive end or is it easier for one position?
6: or another or how difficult is that it's, it's I mean it's difficult but it's something that we're accustomed doing to doing um you know you try to bring that player in and get them caught up the speed as fast as you can so you're in there meeting with them you know in the morning meeting with them at night you know showing them tape but it's, it's a normal thing that happens um you know but it takes you a week or two and the guys will get comfortable the more and more they're in the system
1: I that question because the Bears just added on that sweat. So yeah. I was kind of trying to figure out it. Is it easier if you're, you know, at a defensive end position, like, hey, like outside of run fits and like rushing the quarterback? Like is there – it, it does it depend on
5: the system or whatever.
6: Well, I'm sure they're going to put him in situations where they feel he can have success. You know, they're not going to try to ask him to do everything within their scheme. You know, it's very simple. Get on third down. Here's a couple of things we're going to run and, and let him rush. Um, that's what we do in our situation is – um you know, if we added somebody added to the defense, we'd make sure that when we put him in. It was a, it would be a package that he could handle. Yeah, you
1: know, the team added uh, Corey Lillton to the practice squad. After mm-hmm. the departure of Jalen. Um, what do you like about
5: Lillton's
6: game? Yeah, you know, right now this metal. So I really, really can't tell you much. I know he's a guy that's played a lot in the league, man. This came up really, you know, uh, late yesterday. So, you know, I'll get a chance to look back and kind of see who he is as a player and get a chance to meet him. But just from what I know, I know he's been a good player in, in this league. And how have you the Raiders getting in Jalen Smith? I mean, a good football player. I mean, you know, he's played in this league. We've all seen him play. Um, you know, I think just in terms of fit, in terms of what they're doing, I mean, they must have liked what they saw from him, especially from his time in Dallas and in New York. Uh, but he was a good guy. He's around, very smart practice very hard. It's just the nature of the game sometimes, you know. And they came and got him, and, you know, there wasn't much
3: we can do about it. So how did you evaluate that? Could have done something. Could have moved somebody ass off the active roster and said, Jalen Smith, move you up to the extra roster. we put this other guy on the practice squad. Um, but in the end, like I said, Zach Bourne is is undefeated when it comes down to that. Veteran linebackers, he beat Eric Wilson, and he beat Jalen Smith. Even though those guys are a lot further ahead in their career than he is, but credit to Zach Bond, he's done a lot better this year than he's done in the past. To be honest with you, and uh, that's saying a lot. But in the end, uh, I still would have kind of decided if it had to come by come down to either one of those guys, I would have took Jalen Smith uh, to be on active roster. But even though you've it, hopefully we stay relatively healthy. We know DeMire is dealing with a knee. Shout out to Pete Werner, who didn't miss any time up to this point. Pete Werner has been there. And, of course, Zach Bond, uh is the third guy. And uh, Dennis Allen prefers Zach Bond, you know, and, and it's uh, what it is. But we could have activated him. But then the end, it is what it is. Corey Littleton's here. We'll see how he fits if, you know, hopefully we don't need to use him. You know, we stay relatively healthy. Uh, we'll see. But anyway, let's finish up with Joe. He played well, you know, I'm just for me, you know, coaching DBs.
6: I just I really believe in challenging, um, you know, players offensively, you know, based on the defense called. And I think he really stepped up and done a nice job in those opportunities. Um, Had a lot of, you know, a lot of balls thrown downfield on him so far. Uh, I know he's working on cleaning up the penalties, but I think that was a good game for him. It was a clean game. Um, you know, had to take away, so it's big for him. Uh, but I think he's doing a really good job.
3: People forget about Paulson Adebo in his third year. This is his third year opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. It's not exactly an easy job, by the way. Lattimore is a shutdown cornerback. The quarterback will throw to that other side more than he would try to test Marshawn Lattimore. You think he got an easy target by Paulson Adebo? Paulson Adebo's done a very admirable job over there. Had the interception, as Coach Joe talked about at several other positive plays. Now, he did have some negative snafus like the penalties and stuff like that. A couple of those penalties were, you know, come on, what you're doing? And other ones like, come on, bro. Referee, what you're doing? So, I mean, at the end of the day, the re- the defensive coaches do tell cornerbacks at times that if you feel like you're going to get beat, grab the guy. You'd rather take the penalty than to take, let you get him, let him take a touchdown. So, that is taught. But at the end, he's right. He ought to definitely play a lot cleaner in the game, but it's but Paulson the Debo leads the team in interceptions. He's done a phenomenal job opposite of Lattimore. People need to give him more credit. What have you
5: seen from Isaiah Foskey at this point? Is he progressing? And
3: maybe getting more
6: snaps. Yes, he is. You know, he's you may got some good players, you know, in that D line room, but you know, he's getting an opportunity to get out, get there, get out there on the field. Um, you know, he affected the quarterback. Um, but he's he's an athletic guy. But he's just another young guy that's just going to keep getting better. You know, the more reps he gets. But um, we're excited about him. We feel like there's some vers- versatility with him as a player. Um, and he's, he's very smart, very smart, and uh, he's a good guy in the room. You know, Just they all like him. Like in, 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 Just because we have different packages that we use. You know, he can play outside. We have some three-man rush packages that we use. But we know that there's multiple positions we can move him around as he grows into the, the position.
3: Talk about Isaiah Fosky, the snowman, man and uh people a lot of people saying q needs to improve he needs to get there and we know that and i think eventually isaiah foskey uh the snowman i affectionately call him will be a player for the saints in the future just more reps is what he needs he has the talent and ultimately in time he will take it to that level that's just how i feel about it but anyway with that being said fam that's gonna do it for the stream listen I appreciate you guys for chiming in on this episode of the coma shout out to the fam. Y'all please feel free to check out our, um, this collections is getting ready to be closed off. It's called the no excuses collection, men, women, and children and dozens of items of gear behind the collection. The link is in the description section below. You can simply go to the community section uh, of the page to find the links for the no excuses gear Put your gear on and wear it, man. During the Saints matchups, when you're out in public, it's no excuses. We're not giving any more excuses. You got everything you need to win. Let's take it to the next level. No excuses. So support the stream. Buy in a platform. Buy going to our pro shops and go and do some shopping there. There are also, uh, other items, too. We've been the pro shops, been doing it for like, a, I don't know. We've had the pro shop for a while. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of gear. Dozens of items. That's available on the pro shop, not just in the current collection, but tons of gear from over the years, man. Support the stream by going to the pro shop and picking up an item, man, that helps us out as we continue to evolve and grow in this ever-changing environment. So with that being said, fam, we're going to tap out on that. I shall return later on today with a Bear Saints preview stream. We'll go over that and also we'll open up the phone lines for family members to chime in and give their thoughts on the black and gold. We'll, we'll do all that later on today uh, on the Friday stream. So I hope you guys have a fantastic Friday, and I'll holler at you on the flip side a little later on in the day. Much love to fam. Who dat? And I'm out. Peace.
2: Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a who I'm a who Long as I'm living, I'm a who I'm a hoot at. Lose or winning, I'm, I'm a who at, sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that, 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 huh, Boogie like this and I'm a hoot at, sports coma, this is where we do I'm that, that. We do that. Welcome welcome, 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 somebody please better help, running this thing like else. Like thank this. God every day I'm, not a, I'm not a fel, go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys, guys. if you ain't ride or die, die. the bandwagon can get flipped. <laughs> been marching in, that was way for the ring, I was yelling out Ch- your shade for the championship, Ch- uh, fucking on town, duck down, duck down, Falcons, pluck, it shut down, shut down. Panthers ain't much, to touchdown. touchdown, the vision really belong to us now, Must so down. much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell, ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishing and you probably smell, the crooked <laughs> referees are <laughs> <or> Roger Goodell, <laughs> yeah. like this and I'm a, I'm a hoot at, every day I'm living, I'm a I'm a hoot at, <laughs> Lose all winning I'm a I'm a it's the sports coma this is where we do that do, that. do, that. do where we do that at do we do that yeah. at we, we do that do we do that do we do that Boogie like this and I'm a i it's the sports coma this is where we do, do that we do we listening to the sports coma you yeah. the guys <laughs> on the
3: Com. That's right, the Who That Daily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything to all the Saints, to all the Pelican, LSU Tigers, and even the top flight boxing So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, the Who That Daily.com.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website
4: for details.
0: Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover, accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.Clover.com. So many teenagers waiting to be adopted from foster care feel like their lives are over. They've given up hope of having a permanent home and are terrified of aging out with no support system. Right now... More than 113,000 children are waiting to be adopted in the U.S. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is dedicated to finding them the right family before it's too late. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org slash learn more.
2: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever.